0: The world and everything in it delivers sound journalism grounded in God's Word through a daily 30-minute podcast. From essential headlines, to feature stories, to international news straight from the field. After only one or two listens, you'll wonder how you got through your daily routine without it. Listen anywhere you typically enjoy podcasts or by going to wng.org slash podcast. God has designed you for a unique purpose. Get equipped for God's call with a degree from Clark Summit University. Choose from undergraduate and master's degrees, available completely online in programs like business, counseling, Bible, and education. For some programs, it's possible to earn your degree in as little as two years, or you can complete the degree you previously started. See if you qualify for a tuition discount. Answer God's call on your life and become a Christ-centered, career-ready graduate go to clarksummitu.edu slash podcast that's clarksummitu.edu slash podcast it's the messiah community radio talk show this is michael james lauren your host Evelyn Triboli is our special guest. The book, The Intuitive Eating Workbook. Principles, 10 of them, for nourishing a healthy relationship with food. Welcome to the program. Thank you
1: so much for having me.
0: Our sponsors with over 90 years' experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamic stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailor solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. Tom and by vocal booth to go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable and mobile vocal booths. Visit vocalbooth2go.com for more information. And Orlex Acoustics has one mission: to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Orlex customers have experienced improved acoustics Along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Orlex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Orlex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom. And we're for creators. Well, people are in for a treat because in the back of your book, it says, cultivate a healthy and satisfying relationship with food. You talk about having a healthy relationship with food. And it's funny because, you know, I asked my wife just before the the interview, I said, um, you know, what's your relationship with food like? And we have to stop and and think about that. Um, So tell us about your book and uh, how has it helped uh, people?
1: Well, I'm, I'm actually really excited to, to share this with you. Uh, Elise Rush and I actually co-created this model, the intuitive eating model, back in 1995. And fast forward, here we are almost 25 years later, and what has happened is we now have this workbook um, that really talks about how do you do this thing. But the thing we're so excited about, there's now almost a, over 120 studies on our our method and it's just really, really has caught on. So basically it's about how to be the expert of, of your body, which really means instead of listening to all the influencers outside of you, what's going on with you? What does hunger feel like? What does satisfaction feel like? You know, what, where, what are, what do you need right now? Do you need a rest? You know, do you need, do you need to eat those kinds of things?
0: Evelyn Triboli, by the way, our special guest, has been on CNN, NBC's Today Show, MSNBC, and in USA Today, People Magazine and more. So you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I want people to know that. And, of course, you're a nutrition uh, therapist. So uh, I think about uh, like Thanksgiving is coming up, okay? So I remember not long ago, Yeah, you feel like you almost like deserve get chastened when you eat too much. I don't know if that's fair or not, but you talk about judgment that we should stay away from it. I'll let you handle all that. But I was at a party and I had a big plate of food for Thanksgiving and some, some, uh, a woman came up and she said, um, um, helping yourself to another plate of food, Michael. Mm. And I just felt like bad. Yeah, really bad, you know? And I felt like something must be wrong because I mean, I, you know, you feel like you can't control yourself or you feel why, why are all those things attached?
1: Oh, my gosh. So you, we just we got to unpack a lot of questions. <laughs> you just asked questions. So you know, what you're describing is a cultural phenomenon of, of it's, its diet culture, which promotes perpetuates, you know, weight stigma and fat phobia. And basically, it's a form of prejudice, you know, assuming, you know, someone's yes. body by just by the size of the body or by what they're eating and it's 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 it's, uh it's hurting people that's it's a big big problem and I, i think it's so awesome actually that you disclosed how when that person made that comment to you, how it made you feel bad. And I think that's part of the problem. It's become so normalized in our culture. Uh, I think that if uh, people really knew how their comments made you feel, they, they probably wouldn't say it again. And when I talk about this with my patients, they they don't know what to say. They're, they feel kind of stuck. And so it just keeps being perpetuated. And Frankly, it's really none of their business what, what they're eating. It's, it's right. up to you. You know, it's really up to you. And, and more, I would say, oh, my gosh, how's that food tasting? Is it amazing? That kind of stuff. Or what what do you recommend? And to start moving away out of this shaming and judging, it, 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 it uh, interferes with the enjoyment of eating. It, and if, maybe you need to eat more because you really didn't taste that, that first piece because you're preoccupied with what someone said or comparing what you're eating to what someone else is eating. And so what happens is it creates this big level of distraction that actually interferes with With relationships that are meaningful to you, because instead now you're stuck in the worry of what you're eating or what your body looks like, as opposed to what the person just said to you in conversation as you're, you know, eating across the table from one another.
0: Yes, and Evelyn, just to let you know, I did persevere. I did have another plate after that. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope you enjoyed it. I mean,
0: maybe I should have listened a little bit. You know, I mean, some some voice should have said, you know, curb your appetite a little bit. Don't eat too much.
1: Well, and that's that. You're you're talking about fat phobia, and and it's a problem and it's actually killing people. We're seeing this happen now in healthcare. There's actually, and it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but there's actually been research and case studies on this. There was a very sad case two years ago where this woman who was, uh, she described herself as fat, was really feeling awful. And she went from doctor to doctor to doctor. And what the doctor said, each doctor said is just lose weight and you'll feel better. And she couldn't lose weight, she's feeling awful. She finally met a doctor who finally gave her a proper medical evaluation and she was found to have an advanced form of cancer and died just days later And to help prevent this kind of suffering and shaming, she put it as part of her obituary. She didn't want anyone else to go through that. And so the way I think is more helpful to look at this is every human being, every human being is entitled to dignity and respect. And when you say you don't like someone based on the size of their body or the color of their skin, I I think that's really harmful. It's not kind at the least.
0: It seemed like prejudice. We're going to be back with Evelyn Triboli in just a minute, nutrition therapist, her book the intuitive eating workbook. We're going to learn the 10 principles for nourishing a healthy relationship with food. Charlotte Christian College and Theological Seminary believes that every Christian has a distinct calling and that he or she must boldly respond to that call. Charlotte Christian specializes in equipping the adult learner and all degrees are available both online and on campus. Degree fields include urban Christian ministry, biblical studies, pastoral studies, and more. So whether you are called to full-time ministry or as a co-vocational minister, Charlotte Christian can help you. Visit us at charlottechristian.edu or call 704-334-6882. Hey
1: everyone, Athena Dean Holtz with Redemption Press here. Are you a coach, pastor, blogger, small group leader, thought leader, ministry, or industry professional with a message that could benefit others? If so, we'd love to help you produce a professional book that can open new doors and be an impact to other people's lives. We'd love to hear about your idea and see how we can help with our personalized writing coaches and professional editorial team. Visit
0: redemption-press.com. The Intuitive Eating Workbook by Evelyn Triboli. And also, what's your uh, co-author's name? It's uh, Elise Rush. Elise, Rash.
1: Elise Rash, yeah.
0: That's right. And so 10 Principles for Nourishing a Healthy Relationship with Food. You know, it seems, right, Off the bat, when we go into the dieting and you say the diets don't work, we make it it food our enemy. And why do we do that? How do yeah. we make peace with food? You say, call a true. Stop the food fight.
1: Yeah, and it's going to probably surprise you. And it's about actually allowing yourself to eat the food. We call it the paradox of permission. Because what happens is, is when you think you can't have something and you finally have it, let's see that piece of chocolate or the pumpkin pie, whatever it is, if you really believe in that moment, you're never, ever going to have it again, then you eat based on opportunity. I better get it now before I lose my chance and I better get all that I can because I'm never, ever going to have it again. So it creates this, you know, say a farewell to food feast. And it's, it becomes really problematic. And then when, when someone eats like that, they generally don't feel good. And they say, see, I need to have rules around my eating. But what happens is there's a a scientific principle behind this called habituation. And what habituation is, it has to do with novelty, that something new is exciting and it's kind of a rush. And one of the best descriptions I ever heard was from a scientist who said, you know, think about the very first time you fell in love. And that... Uh, that person said to you I love you and it was magical and it was amazing and maybe five or ten years later you're you're married and that same person says I love you and it's nice but it doesn't have that same ecstatic effect that's that's habituation so new car new computer new pair of shoes same kind of thing so the problem is when someone's constantly dieting they don't have that habituation effect instead the food stays really exciting they get caught up in the excitement and half the time they're not even tasting it so what happens Happens is when you have permission to eat you get to really taste the food you get to really ask do I really want this food right now if I enjoy it now am I going to I mean if I eat it now will I enjoy it and then this is an important question do I like how it feels in my body and it, it, it changes the the urgency and, and the relationship around the eating and so it's really also about taking the morality out of eating
0: well that's what was very interesting about your book I mean the fact that it says the intuitive eating workbook because um, I don't know sometimes you can tell intuitively you know what time it is even without having your clock and a lot of times you can you know just tell uh, when it's time to eat but I think sometimes intuitively uh, unless we read your book we have it wrong because our our desire to eat certain foods leads to being overweight or having no boundaries or not really. And you take us through, again, a healthy relationship. And that's what I love about your book. So then you're saying after we learn, and we'll go over the, a lot of the principles uh, in your book, we can learn to have, uh, you know, peace with our hunger, honor our hunger, which is, you know, number two, the principle, honoring your hunger. Let me ask you though, okay, intuitiveness, can we do this without all these scientific kind of books that are out there what does it mean to be intuitive when in the way that we eat
1: well the way in the way that i think it's actually a really good question so i want to clear something up so it's not just about intuitiveness it's actually a dynamic interplay with mind and body we can use our rational mind here it's not just about desire you know so for example you might be really having a really stressed out day and not feeling hunger at all because you've got the stress energy going Uh, that's kind of blunting your hunger. So you might do something we call nourishment as self-care. It's a kind thing to to nourish your body. So you use a combination of things. And I think that's what makes it um, really... Well, it's the word I want to use. It's kind of, it's, it's sticky. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not just one aspect about it. And it's not just, uh, as a, a psychologist friend of mine said, when she first heard the term, it sounded like a bunch of woo. <laughs> and it's not, it's actually, there's a lot to it. So let me go back to something you said about the assumption about eating and, and weight gain. It's really shocking when you start taking a look at all the dieting studies. There's actually a body of work out there that shows the most predictable thing you can do to gain weight is to go on a diet. That the majority of the research shows that for the great majority of people, you will not only uh, uh, gain that weight back, two-thirds of those people will gain back more weight than what they've lost. It's been shown over and over and over again. So part of the problem is, is that the process of dieting uh, creates more problems, both with your mind and your body. And so that's why the first principle is really to reject the diet mentality.
0: Yeah, you have a lot of beautiful sections in the book that help you work through it. Now, I think that's what's kind of missing. You know, we're all alone in this and you see a bag of chips or chocolate or whatever it may be. There are different check. It says sometimes there was just enough food served and you were expected to eat it all. Number two, or it says when I sit down to meals, I'm usually ravenously hungry and I have a high sense of urgency to eat and to eat very fast. So it- a lot of this, and it goes on, helps you get in touch with yourself because um, would you say that just not being aware of the boundaries, I mean, you look at, uh, I don't know, the marketing today, and forgive me, but I'm skeptical now as I get older, and I look at the marketing of food. Yeah. It just seems like it's there to excite you or the colors of the wrapping or the font or whatever it is, but I don't think we really know how to to calm down or do what's right. It seems like... Um, with the fact that there are a lot of things that can go wrong. As a nutritionist, you, you can help us out. What can go wrong when we uh, aren't eating healthy? I mean, uh, being overweight, uh, dying of a heart attack, God forbid. Um, but it should be something that we enjoy and have some sort of level of control. How does your book cover that?
1: Well, I mean, I, there's a lot that you just said that we need to unpack, and and that is uh, the fear mongering that you're talking about in the marketing. The thing that's really interesting is the people that are most affected by that are the ones that are dieting and are having rigid rules around their eating. You know, and I don't want to uh, minimize. I mean, marketing has a certain impact, but I think the more there's this fear mongering, the more it kind of disrupts the trust we have with our self. And what's really shocking is that we start looking at the research with health. Most of the research around weight and um, and disease is done with what's called epidemiological research, which only shows association and not causation, that there are many things that you can do independent of weight that really contribute to your health, including uh, getting enough sleep, uh, moving your body. Then there's social determinants of health. Like if you live in, a, 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 in the poverty line, the best thing you can do to, to get healthier is to get more money, which a, which a person at an individual level doesn't have a lot of control over that. So it's, it's, a, it's a bigger issue. It's not so simple as some of the health policies might, might suggest.
0: We have a lot of hang-ups, I mean, in life, and usually they can be traced to childhood much of the time, you know. Uh, You say, what were your family's rules and expectations? And you go through, did your parents have rigid rules for eating family meals? Number two, were you expected to clean your plate? And um, I guess people don't even think about it, that some of this was established in childhood, how they feel about food.
1: important too is the context this is not out to to shame parents but it's to understand why you might not trust yourself around food so for example when a when adult uh, as a child is put on, on a diet, that's a very powerful message that you can't be trusted. And, th- and that's the kid that ends up sneaking food because they don't know when they're going to be able to have access to, let's say, a, a candy bar again. And so I've seen very many well-meaning uh, parents have rigid rules around eating for their kids, like, you know, no absolutely no sugar. And then that's the kid that ends up of sugar as opposed to the gifts, the presents, the people, the games, and, and those kinds of things. And so it creates unintended consequences. And in fact, our our model is of intuitive eating and the 10 principles are really based around a lot of the work of uh, Leanne Birch who was a renowned but now retired researcher on the parent-child feeding relationship and what she found is that well-meaning parents who, who exact these strict rules create the very opposite thing that they're trying to create. The kid gets more obsessionality around the food that they can't have. And then there's opportunistic eating. So again, it's not to blame uh, the family dynamic. It's more to have an understanding on why this can feel so complex. I've had men and women so messed up with my, my and these are part of the, the examples of what can contribute to it, but there's a way out. That's the good news about that.
0: Evelyn Triboli, our special guest, and the Intuitive Eating Workbook is what we've been talking about. We're going to come back in just a minute. It offers a comprehensive, evidence-based program to help you overcome the diet mentality. Pay attention to natural hunger cues and stop when you're full and nurture the profound connection between your mind and your body. When we come back, we're going to go over some of the uh, identifications, right? Emotional triggers when it comes to food right after this. Christians in Action Missions International is actively accepting applications from those desiring to win the lost at any cost. We've been sending long-term missionaries throughout the world for 62 years. We emphasize intentional personal evangelism, equipping disciples and planting churches among the nations. We empower national leadership to demonstrate and declare the love of God to the unreached. Journey with us as we take the gospel to the world. Log on at cinami.org Org, that's C-I-N-A-M-I dot O-R-G or call five five nine three seven zero four one o three. 4103 Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. The intuitive eating workbooks. It's a struggle in many different ways. We're going to talk about all the ways that uh, food presents a bit of a struggle, how to overcome it, identifying emotional triggers. There are many for eating, and it's likely that most people eat emotionally. From time to time, you say there's anxiety and boredom and and bribery, and, and we do all these little tricks and everything. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, um, part of part of the, the thing we need to remember is that when someone's uh, dieting a lot or on a, on some kind of food restricted plan, there's actually more of a tendency to turn to food because uh, our brain is wired. We just want, our brain just wants to survive. So food seems to be more the thing that we go to. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with coping with food. It, the issue is that that's your only coping technique. And so part of it is having a sense of awareness and which can be hard to do in this life in which we're pulled in a million directions. We're hooked up to a, it seems like a million different technical, you know, between our phones and everything else. We're being distracted. So sometimes it's helpful just to pause and ask, you know, what am I? what am I feeling right now and what do I need right now that has to do with with that with that feeling and those are two very simple questions that can get really deep the more you start asking those the other thing that can happen too is it can be complex and, and that is you might come home let's say you had a you had an early lunch around 11 you were planning to work out but you get pulled into a meeting after work so you're into this meeting now you're working out and, and it's eight o'clock and you're gonna have dinner and so now you're into that point, place of what I call primal hunger. You might be actually super, super hungry and stressed out from the day. It doesn't mean that it's emotional eating. So I'm, I'm careful in terms of what we call things. I'm more looking for what the solutions can be. What's the kind solution for your body and mind?
0: I like you talking about paying attention to your feelings. You know, if you feel anxious or sad or fearful, fearful, uh, disappointment, remorse or envy, junk food. You want us to say play food. And so it doesn't have that kind of effect over us I, I kind of you know a little light bulb went off and thinking that gee maybe maybe we're really kind of hard on ourselves, and it turns into yeah. judgment
1: yeah, you're absolutely right, so in a way this is about self compassion and and kindness that's an important you know aspect of this so I, I would say one of the things we haven't talked about, one of the underpinnings of intuitive eating is something called. Interoceptive awareness and what that is is that's our ability to perceive physical sensations that arise within the body And the thing that blows me away about this It includes some obvious things like if you have a full bladder or you know, you need to you know Take care of it or if, you, if your eyes are heavy and you're sleepy, but every uh, Emotional feeling has a physical sensation to it as well And so when you're connected to your body There's actually very powerful messages to help get your needs met both uh, Psychologically and biologically so it's a profound source of connection and I think it's one of the reasons why when people say that their lives have changed from doing this uh, way of eating, that uh, they're, they're connecting to a deeper level of, of themselves and they're getting more um, connected to what's important into their lives, their values, as opposed to being distracted around rules of, of eating.
0: You had something in your book, and I'm, I'm looking feverishly for the page, but it talked about how you felt. I think it was like uh, saying, you know, drink water. And keep drinking until you're full. How does it feel? How do you feel oh, the experience oh. of it versus having a glass of milk? And how does that feel?
1: Yeah, it's, it's it, what this is. It's actually uh, a technique we got from a, a scientific experiment and evaluation uh, based on the concept of awareness. And what it is, it's not about out tricking fullness. It's it's a, it's a it's a practice to help you. Uh, pay attention to what fullness feels like in your body. So what you would do is you would have a couple of glass of water ready to go. And then you would, you're instructed to drink the water and place your awareness on the physical sensation as it travels down your esophagus, down to your stomach, and then continue drinking, not gulping, but drinking until you feel full. And that takes on average about, you know, two cups of water. And so it's just a practice because I've had patients say to me, I don't know what fullness really feels like, and it's it scares them sometimes. They're afraid they're going to overeat, or sometimes I've had patients who are afraid they're, they're going to undereat. They're afraid of being hungry because of all the diets that they've they've gone on. So it's just it's just a tool to help you self connect with your body.
0: I think of Oprah Winfrey, and I think of that she felt completely liberated, and everybody was amazed when first she uh, lost a lot of weight, and there was this big uh, wagon of uh, pounds of meat yeah. that uh, showed. But but then she got back to where she kind of usually is. I don't know. I mean, has she found a healthy balance?
1: You know, that's, that's actually a really good question. I don't know, but I can tell you, because I don't know, I've not worked with her, but her her professional persona, her you know public life, it, it, I see a woman who's been suffering around eating and her yes. her body, you know, and now works for a company that promotes dieting that's now been rebranded that it says, no, 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 we're not really dieting, we're doing, you know, wellness, but it's it's a form of dieting. You know, when I ask somebody, if you're biologically hungry, what do you do? And if they're on some kind of meal plan and they're not allowed to eat, I think that's a that's a problem. <laughs> it creates a problem. And when you look at eating disorders, how they have doubled in the last five year period in which they've looked at and, uh, and dieting is a direct link to that. It's a bigger problem.
0: Yeah, and you talk about having a curious awareness. I th- I think probably what the healthiest people out there, they're they're playful right? With life itself. They're yeah. curious about life and they refrain from really judging themselves and being hard on themselves. And you teach us how to do that. Approach your thoughts with curious awareness.
1: Yeah. And that's easier said than done. And, and it's interesting. Sometimes I'll ask a patient, well, can you give an example of how you might talk to yourself when you're disappointed maybe about uh, an eating decision or something? And oh my gosh, the amount of nasty that comes out of their mouth <laughs> is shocking. And... Oh, and I will ask you know would you talk like that to a, a dear friend or a loved one? It's like absolutely not. I, I had a patient so I wouldn't even say that to my dog. And then I said if this is what you're surrounding yourself with, I can't imagine it feels good. Number one and number two, I can't imagine you'd want to be aware of your thoughts. You know. And so what we often do with that, and for your listeners out there, is to think about maybe somebody in your life who um, is, has been a nurturing person that you love and respect. You know what would they say to you in a certain situation? That might be a way to help start harnessing that that. That voice, that that you know, curious, nonjudgmental compassion. The reason it can seem so hard to heal your relationship with food is when you've been kind of outsourcing your food decisions based on some, uh, you know, influencer or some diet you read in a magazine or online, and it really disconnects you. But this is all workable. And this, you can have your life back and your freedom back and be, and I say freedom, freedom from all the worry and the anxiety uh, that's, that's running in your mind with all the rules around eating and, and so on. There is another way to do it.
0: Where can people buy your book?
1: Oh, uh, anywhere anywhere there's booksellers. So that includes online, like at Amazon and Barnes and Noble and those kinds of things. So, yeah.
0: Go get the book, The Intuitive Eating Workbook. Evelyn Trivoli, thanks for being on the program.